Before we even start this podcast, I just want to say shout out to my boy Vishnu. Vishnu, you are in med school right now killing it, and you contacted me, and I made sure that I shouted you out like I said because I'm a man of my word. Welcome to Lost in Translation, the greatest podcast ever. I'm your host, Matt Rahman. Just another week of me being interesting and you being entertained. Today I have with me a man known by the name of, you can introduce yourself. Hello guys, my name's Omer. Yeah, shout out to the Ohm Dog. He's part of my cult, the cult that we both, you know what's our cult? I shouldn't say my cult, because we're all equals. But in the end, I'm the one who created it, so. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, Omer, um, you're here today because I have a few uh, questions about something interesting that happened to you. Cool. One of them being, you got an injury with your arm. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Now, let's go through the origin story of what happened through to your arm. All right. So, about like several months ago, I think it was like the day of Father's Day, actually. Yeah. My family's about to go to Olive Garden, right? It's about to be a happy day. My sister did. Shout not out to Olive make Garden. It. Oh, she didn't make it. Your sis. Yeah. The she, big sit. The she, big S. Yeah, she was in the city and she didn't make it back home. So we just She's fucking to dudes in the city. No, you're Muslim, so she wasn't doing that. Go on. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> so I decided to go on a night hike with my friend. You know, not crazy. Um, so we go to an, a hike at night with mm -hmm. no flashlights. Yeah, very smart, very good, very I safe. We, we actually had flashlights, but they died. They both happened to die on, on the way. Yeah, God, that's God spitting on you. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair point. So um, we get to the hike. We go off trail immediately, like real alpha men do. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got off no problem, you know, light work. You know, two big men in their prime getting up a hill, a mountain rather. And who you was know. the man that was with you on this day? Alec, he is a man to be feared. Alec, yes. The one who, you know, I have questions of his uh, mental stability. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do, actually, now that you mention it. Um, so, yeah, we're up, no problem. We're going down, right? You know, like, I'm feeling it. We're, we're going down, taking whatever jumps we need to take, you know, grown-ass men in, in the wilderness. Uh, and then he got to a point where he's like, this is getting too dangerous for me. And I was like, what do you mean too dangerous for you? I'm, I'm down here. Like, come to where I'm at. And he was like, I'm not coming to where you're at. You got to come back up. I'm like... Alec, it's only a 10-foot drop from where I'm at. Like, we got to take it. Granted, it was downward sloping, and there were leaves on the ground, so we couldn't see, like, if you can, you know, if it was really 10 feet that fall. So then he was like, you got to come back up to me. I was like, it's a little, I don't know how the fuck I'm supposed to do that down here, right? Yeah. So uh, he actually put So let me get this straight. This was a cliff that you yeah. guys were, and you guys were just climbing at free hands, no ropes or anything. Basically, like, we were, like, scaling upwards, basically, where we weren't just directly climbing, but we were, like, going up at a slant. Um, so you're going up at a slant, yeah, which is good. Which, was it slanted enough for you to have grip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like basically, like we were able to get like enough grip and gr to go up, and then going down. That's where it got a little sketchy. And then this is this is this is the sketchiest part of it all is where I couldn't get to where he was at. So basically, he had to put like he had to lay his body out flat from where it was for me to him, and I had to climb over. Like I, I literally gripped onto his shoulders and climbed over him. And then in I, order to drag it, him over the ledge. In order to get me to where he was okay, at. Okay, okay. So, it's like, basically, uh, once I climbed over him, mm -hmm. like, he then gave me his hand, and then I picked, and I, I grabbed him up, and then we were both at the same spot, which is, you know, now it's a little bit better situation. We are both in the same spot. We can figure things out. Two smart individuals. Um, 
uh, one smart. I don't know about Alec. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about me either in this situation. Yeah, so so basically you just made a false statement. Go on. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> going on to the next part, we had to uh, we had to sidestep to get on the other side to get up even more. Okay, so you had a little bit of an obstacle. Go on. Yeah. So to get past this, you had to put your feet in front of each other because there's not enough space to get it. Hmm, and then step with your opposite foot. Go yeah, on. Yeah. Step with your opposite foot, and then you have to like grip onto the side of this fucking mountain. And you have to put your hand in the crevices, wherever you can find crevices. So Alec goes first, and he decides to do it. It took him a little bit. He got it. Then he's like, all right, you're next. Keep in mind, it's 10 p.m., and it rained earlier that day. Okay, so no light, no nothing. Just the <laughs> yeah. trees attacking you with darkness. So I go up. I'm in, uh, I make it halfway there, and I can't find another crevice. I can't find a crevice on the side of this thing. And I'm like, at this point, like I'm, 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 like, I'm trying not to panic. I'm like, here, I'm in the middle. I'm like, do I go back? Or do mm-hmm. I go forward? I'm in the middle, so it doesn't matter. It's the same distance. And then he, Alex, trying to guide me with his voice, telling me like where to like put my hand and where to like grasp like a crevice. And um, we both knew what was gonna happen next. I take one step forward, and a lot of steps back. Let's say, and then uh, like basically I fall from like the the the, short, the quote unquote small cliff is what they wrote in the article. Okay, um, so they wrote an article about you breaking your arm. Yeah. Why were they writing articles about this event? Because uh, basically when it, when it happened, it was like an extreme emergency situation. Like after I fell from like whatever 30 feet plus it was and my arm broke. Um, basically, uh, my arm was completely busted. They called it an obvious deformity. And uh, there was like seven emergency, according to the article, there was like seven emergency like uh, respondents that responded to this thing. Now, by seven, you mean seven different vehicles or seven yeah, different, different people? Yeah, from different towns. Like, wow. From like Montville, Booton, I think one was from Montclair and like a few others or whatever. And uh, the, thing, the problem, the, the hardest part about it was like they couldn't really like find where we were at because like we were off trail in the dark. Okay, so you guys are great at making decisions, yeah. especially at 10 p.m. when there's animals about. It wasn't the smartest situation, but... Yeah, um, no, fair enough. Listen, I was in the same kind of situation. My, Me and my girlfriend, Kate, shout out to Kate. I love you. You are my muse. Um, We were hiking, and I decided that we wanted to finish the hill, so we had to hike back in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to say that I was brave, because I wasn't. Every time the, the rustles that I heard in the in the forests from the deer and the bears, God knows what kind of animals were out there, I had to still look at my girlfriend and say, everything's okay. And she knew that I was lying. (laughs) She didn't know I was lying. I tried to do my best to seem like everything was cool. But in the end, I was terrified. And if push came to shove, I don't know if I would be able to save my girlfriend. Because I was obviously more capable of finishing that route than she was. I don't know if I had enough love at that moment to save her from whatever animal there was. But moving forward, how are you doing? Um, you know, to this day, excellent. For this day, not very excellent. <laughs> okay, so you break your leg. Um, you also said something else weird happened while you were calling the cops, right? Oh, when Brennan and Julie pulled up. Yeah, who are these two individuals that came out of nowhere like ghosts? Um, so basically, like, like, well, like I'm on the floor and like Alex, you know, all the way up there, and I'm down here, and like these two people are like, "You guys need help?" And we're like, "Yeah, like." Come through, and then they, they came from below, and they came when they came to me. They they greeted me. They're like, "Yeah, we're Brendan and Julie. We're here for St. Peter's Festival." 
Now, what is St. Peter's Festival? No idea what that even pertains to. Okay, well, listen. Those two people were murderers. That's <laughs> that's what you saw. That's what you met. Because if you're walking around in a forest at 10 p.m., you're either Alec and Omer, who don't know when to go on hikes, or you're two murderers who stand by... Dude, even if if, if that happened, if I walked uh, past someone who was like dying like you were... Mm-hmm. I would run away because we're it's dark. It's in the forest. I don't know if you're actually injured. I would literally just bounce and be like, Hey man, you made, you made the mistake. Not me. There's no sunlight. So I can't really, you know, defend myself. Yeah. You're on your own. No, I mean, I respect it. I mean like these people, like I wasn't even going to ask what they were here for, but like, since I was on the, I was on the phone with like a ambulance, they're like, who who are the people that came to you? I was like, and they're like, what are they there for? The other hikers. And they said they were not other hikers. So I, I was very like, yeah, murderers. I was bewildered at the moment. They the St. Peter's first. Festival is a festival of blood. That's what it is. <laughs> so, yeah, they basically just stood by me and waited for the, the ambulance to actually come. And uh, Alec was still up there. So, like, I yeah. actually had somebody... Is he foreign, by the way? Alec? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's uh, pretty sure he's from a Spain descent. Oh, so there's a question mark on what his actual ethnicity is. Yeah. So he's Spain descent, has kind of an accent, right? Um... Maybe he does, but I'm just used to talking to him. I don't really see it, but... Um, His pauses are very uh, abnormal. That's the... Yeah. Okay, the I one can. thing I can put my finger on. But, um... Now, moving forward. What happened? So, you... I'm getting... The two people, they ran away, right? Right when the cops came? Yeah, like... That, that's actually... Like, when the cops came and the ambulance were there to, like, pick me up, like, I did not see Brennan and Julie. Like, before... Alec didn't even get to, to see Julie, apparently, because they bounced mm-hmm. so quickly. Um, he they were definitely he, on drugs. He, he thinks that I was, I was like in like a state of dreaming of these two people, but these few people were there. But um, yeah, basically they came, they lifted me, took them like an hour to get to me. Then they drove me to hospital. Had to endure like a few days in there and go undergo surgery in the forearm for the ulna and the radius. Not Be, a fun time. Yeah, because your arms were your arm was shattered, which makes sense yeah. based on the description of the, the the cliff they were talking about. Now, what happened after that? So now you're disabled, basically. Your yeah, arm is being repaired. What kind of painkillers were you given? None. You were given no painkillers. Yeah, like they tried to prescribe to me opioids, and my dad was like, "My dad didn't even take the prescription." He's like, "You'll you'll you'll be okay with Tylenol, extra strength." Took it after after the first day. Now, did your father consume all the opioids by himself? <laughs> nah, he didn't even take the prescription. He, like, the doctor's about to write it, and he's like, yeah, honestly, don't even bother writing it out. I'm not giving my son these addictive pills, and I'm just like, all right. You know, he has a good point, but also he's kind of a dick. Yeah. I so, oh, extra strength Tylenol, what did that feel like? Nothing. <laughs> when, you have sur- when you undergo surgery with broken bones, Tylenol extra strength will not do it for you, I'll tell no. you that. I'm guessing you didn't have a lot of sleep that those nights. Yeah, the, the, like the first few nights out of surgery, like uh, would wake up like three in the three in the morning, like like it'd be pretty hot. Like average times, yeah. Yeah, like I would have like I'd basically have like a giant like cast on like two, so like it'd be like I'd overheat pretty pretty quickly, and like I would I would have to have my arm elevated in certain ways for it to like not, you know, like not basically like neutralize like the feeling. Okay, so you needed a little bit of isolation in your arm. Yeah, I needed to okay. do a lot of things. It was. The whole situation was annoying. Now, fa- uh, fast forward to when you were able to take your cast off. <laughs> um, I'm guessing that when you were injured, you were very, you know, limited to what you could do yeah. in the, on a day-to-day basis. 
But uh, what happened after you got it off? After I got the cast off, I, I thought I was a normal human being again. I was like, you know what? I think we're good to go. I go to a barbecue at my friend's house. Now, is this the day of that you like you got your cast off and then you went to the barbecue? I think it was like, a, like the next few days later. Then I went to the barbecue. Okay, a few days later. A few days later after the cast got off. It was like two months after surgery, after the incident. I was like, you know what? I think I'm a normal human being again, right? Go to this barbecue, have a good time, some friends in August. Uh, I play, you know, can jam, you know, the game can jam. Yeah. yeah it's Pretty the fun. frisbee gay shit. Yeah. Yeah. Fr- frisbee, frisbee game. You put, you know, throw it in the can, get points. Pretty fun game. Mm-hmm. So me and my teammate actually ended up winning a very close game of can jam. Oh, uh, who was your teammate at this point? Alex. <laughs> okay. So same guy who broke your arm last time. Yeah. Same guy that was there for the night hike. He was my partner. We ended up beating a, one of our close friends. Everybody knows Arton. Yeah. The flake master. The flake master flex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always fun beating Arch because he's so cocky and everything. Yeah, confident people do tend to make good opponents. Yeah, so like when we beat Art, we were we were stoked. You know, we celebrated mid like during the celebration, arm brace. Now, was this because Alec got on top of you at some point? This is because you know we were just doing like a normal celebration. You know, where you like you get excited, and then uh, all I remember was him on top of me, arm break. Now, and the, you've broken the same arm, I'm guessing, yeah, twice? same arm, except this time it was in the upper arm where the humerus is at. Like, last time okay. it was the forearm, this time it was the upper arm. So for those of you who do know nothing about human anatomy, forearm is the one close to your hands, uh, and the humerus that he was referring to is where your biceps are, yeah. so your your guns. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the anatomy, Professor Raman. Yes, I took anatomy once. Go on. <laughs> So after after that, bro, I had to leave the barbecue to go to the hospital. Got X-rays, and lo and behold, the uh, the humerus is cracked, almost split in half, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But it was it just was, like chopsticks. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was snapped. And then um, the doctor that saw me last time was uh, at a wedding, so they just put me to splint, sent me home. Well, that's great. Yeah. So you didn't get you didn't even get the same guy. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even get the same guy. They just put me a split. They said, "All right, your, your shit's broken. Come back when he's uh, when he's back." Were you giving painkillers at this point? Tylenol extra strength. <laughs> again. Great choice. Great. Uh, now, was your dad there again? Uh, yeah, my 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 dad was there. Yeah, see, I feel like the biggest issue is that you have your dad there, and sometimes when they give you painkillers, you'll be fine. Yeah. Does your family have a history of uh, being addicted to painkillers? Um, I I there is one of my uncles that got into a trend of that. So your uncle was into painkillers. Yeah, basically my uncle was uh he got addicted to like like opioids and painkillers and then he got into a bad cycle where he blew through a lot of money and then he had this whole thing where everyone had to take care of him again and it was a uh, he went to rehab in like Minnesota or whatever and it was a pretty bad situation. So my dad's pretty scared from that. He Understandable. That. Understandable. All right. Well, good thing that your dad didn't let you do it cuz you're prone yeah. to being addicted. Um now, what have you done after this? This event happening twice in your life. What have you done to, you know, come to terms with the fear that I'm guessing that you've, you know, cultivated after experiencing these traumatic events? Yeah. So after this reckless summer, I try to try to like sit down and think about like actually, you know, thinking about before before I do things and like take things cautiously. But at the same time, even though you got to be cautious and you got to think a little bit more about your decisions, you still have fun with life at the same time. Like. You know, like, even though, like, you don't have to be reckless, but you can still, like, you know, do things you enjoy. Like, mm-hmm. even though, like, I've, I've recovered since both of these injuries in the summer. And uh, even last weekend, I went I went on a hike with my friends because, like, you know, even like, I'm just being smarter about it. I'm not going at night. I'm not, like, going off trail. This mm-hmm. night, I'm being smart. Yeah. And I, I heard that you said that you went back to the exact site where you, all the 
interesting things happen. Yeah, basically this la- this past weekend I went to the the same hike where I originally fell off trail. I went back with my friends to see if we can scavenge and find uh, my my glasses that actually fell off my face to see if we can like recover any like you know interesting things. And I was hoping we'd find it just because like if we did like I wouldn't I wouldn't use them anymore. I would just like hang up in my room as like a, as a memory of what happened. As a memento. Now, yeah, why like, what inspired you to do this? Um. You know, see David Goggins. Like you always got to, you know. Oh shit, yeah. David Goggins! Shout out to the man, the legend, the unit U.S. Navy SEAL, the man who did three Hell Weeks in SEAL training, and on top of that, now does ultra marathon running. Shout out to him. Keep yeah, going. Basically, he's a pretty big inspiration. He's like, you got to always challenge your fears, and obviously, like this is a place where I wouldn't want to be back to pretty quickly. But at the same time, like it's a place where you know I messed up, I made mistakes, but uh, I gotta you gotta look your fears in the eyes, and you gotta say. I'm, that's it. I'm gonna go through this. Yeah. So um. Yeah. yeah that's what inspired me to fuck go back. your fears in the in in the head. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's he's pretty he's pretty out there. Like some of the things he does is like. That's really oh yeah, absolutely. Like uh, what happened recently with him with oh, the uh, ultra running that, that giant marathon where he ended up doing like 256 miles, and then he got hospitalized after like 180 to, to 20. Oh yeah, yeah. Under the conditions. At mile 180, because of like the terrain, something with like the altitude caused him to have pneumonia. Which led to a pulmonary edema. That I think enema, edema, something with it. It's yeah. either an E or a D. I mean, it's a, a edema. Is it edema? Okay, there yeah. you go. Now this guy's fucking heart started to stop. But also, he had pneumonia for thirteen miles. What does that mean? He had mucus in his lungs while he was running for thirteen miles. I can't run up the stairs, let alone thirteen miles. <laughs> um. And the guy was like, yeah, I'm about to die. So he decided to take himself to the hospital, right? He went to the hospital. And after 48 hours of being into the, in, the, in the hospital, he's like, hey, man, I think I'm good enough to go out now. Like, and you said something about him uh, not, like, pushing himself to death. Oh, yeah. Like, basically, like, he, he told his fans, like, even though, like, you know, after he got, after he was hospitalized and he got out and, like, he decided to, he, he said he felt good. So he decided to finish the run and, you know, do the 256 complete. And uh, he said that if, if had he not felt good after being hospitalized, like he probably wouldn't have continued it. Cause like, what's like, obviously you got to face your fears, but at the same time, like don't do it to, to the extent where you'll kill yourself or you're, you know, mm-hmm. you'll do this. So obviously like, even though like you got to like, you know, challenge yourself and be real, like you also have to make sure that you're, you're not going to like have any long-term like issues and like that result from these things. Yeah. He's definitely very aware of his own limits. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to think that I do too. Like I know my own limits. But um, let's face it, sometimes I push myself a little too hard and I have mental breakdowns and everybody's been there for that. <laughs> um, yeah, so David Goggins, he's very inspirational, he's very cool. Uh, you also have something that I want to talk about. You don't have it, you are it. You are Muslim. Yes, sir. Yeah, and I'm a fellow Muzi, Muslim. <laughs> a, a term coined by Michael... N, I can't tell you his full name because he does not want to be seen as a celebrity. I'm just kidding. Nobody's a celebrity that's on my podcast, but I am, and he doesn't want his name to be out there. So shout out to Michael N for being a racist and calling the Mecca a big black box. Wait. Yeah. I see. Yeah. It's very interesting. Mike's racist. I'm just kidding, Mike. You're not racist. You're funny, but you're a little racist. So as a Muslim... What's life like in your family? What's uh, family life like for you? Basically, you know, growing up, with, you know, obviously very strict parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, a 
a lot of things uh, I didn't learn until like later in my life because my parents tried to like they tried to like in a way like hide me from the world where like you know in like elementary school they never let me like go over friends' houses in middle school they never did and in high school I just kind of like did my own thing I was like you know what I'm not gonna abide by these like these like cult like rules that are like affecting now why do you think they would stop you from going out and doing these things uh i guess i I honestly they're just scared that i'm I'm gonna go out there i'm gonna like drink and like do drugs and like like friends are gonna be bad influences like they don't believe in like now were any of these things true none of these things are true so you don't drink never (laughs) 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 okay so obviously your parents were right but they had a very unrealistic view of what these things could do to you. Yeah. And I feel like it makes it worse on you um, in the sense that you might take it overboard because you're like, I don't get to do this, so I'm yeah, going to do then, this. Then you got to hide things from them. And yeah. Then it's like... And once you start hiding, you have to be, you're being sneaky. Yeah. It's a whole, and, whole you know, thing. you're being less safe when it comes to like, let's say one day you're really drunk and you need to get home. You might consider like... Like maybe calling your family might be a great option, and then instead you have to. Because I've had, a, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not really uh, experiencing what it's like to have a very strict Muslim, you know, uh, household. Because my family is very, they're very um, loose with uh, our religion. Oh, so you guys are like, yeah, your parents are not as strict. You say not at all. Uh, my mother is the stricter one. Mm-hmm. But she was like, oh, I'd never want, like, I'd never force things on you. The only thing she really, like, doesn't want us to do is eat pork, which I was like, She hey, sucks anyways, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, yeah, you say that because you're Muslim. I've tried it. It's honestly not that good. You're, you didn't try the right shit. Pork is delicious. It's really, it's overrated, I'm telling you. Bacon? Mm-mm. Mm, yeah. Overrated, you haven't yes. had bacon and eggs. Have you had bacon and eggs, or did you I, just I, eat it by no, itself? I've, I've, I've had bacon and eggs. Listen. You'll, okay, well, we're not going to argue about this because you're you're totally wrong. Um, <laughs> All right. And then there's the whole like, my, yeah, my family wasn't really strict. I, they never forced me to. Do you know how to pray? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. You never learned how? No, wow. I I actually was learning Arabic in Iran when I went to private school, and um, I completely forgot the language of Arabic. I used to be able to read and write. But, uh, yeah, my parents tried making me learn, but I do, me and my brother were just like, fuck this shit. Stupid. Um, yeah, my dad is more educated. <laughs> no, my dad's like very, uh, you know, liberal, I guess when it comes to religion okay. and he never forced us either. He doesn't really give a shit. He's like, as long as you guys have like a strong moral code, that's what really matters. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't do these things. Don't do it because of God. Do it because it's the wrong thing to do. And it, it's stuck. Right, so, so your dad has yeah. some priorities, and she's got some priorities in check. Yeah. Even, even though like your parents aren't too strict, they still try to keep you as like a good, decent human being. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely uh, I have freedoms, but I definitely don't have all the freedoms that most fan, like households have. White households is what I'm talking about, but I definitely have more than the average Middle Eastern dude. Okay. So, what is? Do you have an issue with dating? Like, it's a fun one for uh, me. Used to, we used to have issues with it where like like my sister for example like if she she dated like she used to date a Jewish guy oh. and the the whole thing with this is like uh like apparently my parents say like in strict Arab cultures like uh the kids take after the father so that, that the father so, so they had to make him convert so he converted and then my, like, they made the Jewish kid guy, convert yeah dude I've never heard of that he he did it. 
and then um they didn't even they didn't even last like they broke up after like not even like maybe a year later dude so let me get this straight the guy couldn't that's insane (laughs) he converted from being a jew one of the most like cult-like religions into becoming a muslim which is basically like the 180 Mm -hmm. in terms of like you know social at least like social issues and on top of all that they didn't even last yeah they didn't even stay together jesus christ how good is your sister (laughs) i'm just kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding it's a joke um no but damn oh my god i just can't i can't even wrap my head around this this is actually amazing i've heard of i've heard of i've heard of like women i've heard of like guys converting to judaism Judaism, because technically, I I don't know if this is true, but I think if your mother's Jewish, you're Jew, being Jewish is apparently also a race. Also, it's a race and a religion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, like I'm I might be Middle Eastern. I might be like Muslim, but I'm also uh, Iranian. As you know what I mean? But for Jewish people, it's like, hey, I'm Jewish and I'm also Jewish. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> hey, I'm Jewish and I'm Jewish. Yeah. Jewish squared. But, um, yeah, because there's some people who don't practice Judaism. Like, your friend would be a Muslim Jew. Mm-hmm. The, your girlfriend's ex. Yeah. Or your sister's ex. Um, That's crazy. I'd never... This is actually blowing my mind. I can't even wrap my head around it. Like, good for him. Is he still Muslim? Uh, honestly... If, dude, if he's still Muslim, <laughs> that's fucking I, I, hilarious. Because, like, it's kind of weird to speak to your, like, sisters... Like your sister's How did he ex, convert? Like, how did he convert? Basically, you go to a mosque and you have to repeat like a bunch of words. Did, the, does he pray? Did he start praying? No, he like like he he didn't start going that far. But like I guess like he was one of the guys that didn't really matter anyway. So like he kind of just he kind of just did it and like didn't look back. But you had to go to a mosque and a whole little process of it. Dude, that's insane. This guy, shout out to this guy. But you're also a huge pussy for <laughs> dropping your religion. Like the most I'll go is like, yeah, I won't force my religion onto my kids. Yeah. I'm not gonna change. What I've like, you know, what I kind of identify with, even if I don't agree with it. I don't know. I'm being, I'm being, uh, digress. I see. Yeah. I digress. Uh, that's crazy. That's fucking insane. I'm sorry. I keep repeating it because yeah. it's literally blowing my mind. I can't even think. But, um, <laughs> yeah, let's move forward. Uh, let's do, let's go to Celebrity Crush. How about that? Let's go All talk right. about Celebrity Crushes. So mine or yours first? Yeah, we'll go with yours first. All right, mine. Uh, everyone that knows me, like even back in like elementary school, way back, Dirk Nowitzki is my celebrity crush. Now I don't understand that because he looks like a fucking potato, <laughs> and he's you know shaped like one a little bit, and it's like saying like oh like my favorite uh, basketball player is like Jamal Crawford, like some random fucking. Nah, Dirk Nowitzki is a legend. Now let me explain to you, right? Okay, I get like, it. He played ever, ever since, like, you know, I'm in school, I like the Dallas Mavericks, Dirk Nowitzki, the owner, Mark Cuban, et cetera, et cetera. Dirk has been, like, he's, like, if everything changes in your life, Dirk has remained constant. Like, you know, he's always, like, always on this, he's on the same team, Dallas Mavericks, mm-hmm. you know, 41, 21, 1, 21 years, one team. Um, he's just literally the definition of loyalty. A big aspect and part of me, like, that I believe in is loyalty. Like, he has that. Stayed on the team for 21 years. Wow. Now, is he getting paid a lot? Is he still playing? So, no. He actually retired this this last year. He was getting paid a lot. like, And he actually took a pay cut. Like, he took a pay cut out of his pay mm-hmm. to bring in other players to his team. So, he's a chance of winning. So, you know, other players like, like LeBron or, like, KD, you know, 
or like you know they'll hop teams to get wins. Like he stays on team, takes a pay cut to bring in talent to that team. Like that's now did the Mavericks that, win last year or something? Uh, no, but they they won. Uh, Back in 2011, 2011, Oh, yeah, I remember they when they won. They beat the Miami Heat when they formed their when, big three. Yeah, with like LeBron, LeBron Wade, Dwayne Wade. Bosch, yeah. Exactly. Funny, fun fact, Dwayne Wade's, Dwayne Wade's my favorite player, basketball player ever. Really? We shut that shit down. Okay, Fuck yeah, you did. <laughs> All right, anyways. D-Wade's cool. LeBron, yeah, D-Wade's everybody cool. hates he LeBron. He just retired, too. Shout out to D-Wade. Hey, shout if out to D-Wade. If he's listening to this, you are my favorite basketball player, better than everyone. Flash, shout out to Flash 2006 and 7. Mm-hmm. You're my shit. Um... Yeah, I guess so. You like Dirk Nowitzki because he's, he's loyal. He's got to be like. I mean, the thing is, I, I guess it's true, it's, especially with this day and age with like social media and all this bu- other bullshit that I'm just buzzwords that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't need to choose. Like, people don't need to stay anymore. Like, loyalty yeah. is worthless like, I, now. I feel like lo- yeah, lo- especially nowadays, like loyalty, like like people just hop teams, it's like, very like, rare. Just whatever they want, dude. Yeah, because because of the internet, it's like people back then. I was reading this book about um relationships and stuff and most people ended up dating uh the people that like lived in their like uh, two houses down from them they ended up getting married and nowadays it's so much harder for people to get in a relationship because the whole world is like basically an option for you yeah it's like everywhere in new jersey there someone is a viable option for you someone from new york um yeah and the, it's yeah people don't you don't need to and when you think about it you really don't need to like settle down yeah, I mean, I I've met a lot of people recently that like, like it it bewilders me like what I hear and see with people like that have like obvious girlfriends that like that they have and like they try to pick up girls at bars and I'm like you have a girlfriend don't you and they're like yeah it's like but my girlfriend ain't home and they she ain't here so I'm like they just started going off going off trying to like wingman for each other and get girls at a uh, at bars and I'm like this is this is insane to me like this is a foreign concept like I could never personally. I mean, are these people doing it with like the idea they know that it's wrong, right? Honestly, to them, it's 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 not just a part of life. It's just a part. It's just a part of life. Like they, you know, if their if their girlfriend finds out, you know, like they're they're just okay with it. Like you know, they'll move on. The girlfriend will move on. Yeah, like I guess the girlfriend will move on, and they'll move on. Like they they just don't. Yeah, I think I think we're living. We're gonna be living in the age of just open relationships. Yeah, I can honestly see it. Yeah, I mean, where where they like they make like uh like open like marriage between like three people like, (laughs) like legal and like you have like. Weird, like this weird stuff. Yeah, I mean, it must be rough for someone like you, who's like been raised with like, like Middle Eastern families. It's like ride or die. You know what I mean? Like we might, you know, we might not like be all about equality amongst men and women, but at the end of the day, like being married, like getting a divorce is unheard of. Yeah, it's it's like. It's like if you get a divorce, like that's like extremely frowned upon. In, yeah. Like, in this, in like, in within culture. Yeah. Because no, I know, and when I my experiences with like relationships at the beginning of my life, well, I was I was like when people were like, I'm not happy, like, like you're mean to me, blah blah blah. I was like, I thought you just had to put up with that shit. Am I? Because I'm so used to <laughs> so used my to, mom like, and dad fucking like yeah, staying together, having yeah screaming matches, and I was like, this is nothing compared to what my parents are going through. And then I like went to therapy and shit, and they're literally like, oh yeah, that's not normal. Like, you're not supposed to, you know, you're not supposed to take your day out on your fucking girlfriend. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've obviously I've grown, but it's it is it's difficult for us to even conceive of like. Like, it's it's a different thing for us. Like the idea of like sleeping with like another woman for you is probably 
you're like like while dating someone while dating yeah well, that's that's like a yeah that's that's like a like a, a concept that I can't wrap my head around like mm-hmm. it's, it's just the way that we were uh, we were taught the way we were raised and like it's compl- it's different than I guess the society the society that's coming to now yeah. I feel like and it, it's kind of it's it, it's a really safe I feel like that kind of um like re- the ideology about relationships the ones that our parents have developed in us is it's it's a safer idea of what a relationship is like i'm not like we're like i'm way less worried about what my girlfriend's doing um well back then i used to be like a fucking i was like a psycho i was like oh dude what the fuck what is she doing like whatever but now like my idea is like oh yeah no she's just as committed to this as you are and you should just trust that and if it doesn't work out you know it wasn't meant to be which, like, it's so easy for some people to say, you know? They're like, oh, dude, you and your girl, like, split up and it wasn't meant to be. But it's like, hey, man. You weren't there for everything that yeah, went down. Yeah. Exactly. I, so I this, get that. This person has helped me through moments in my life that, you know, uh, that I, you know, re- I really enjoyed and whatever. Like, if my current girlfriend broke up with me, I'd be heartbroken. And, babe, if you ever leave me, <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. How long have you guys been together, your current girlfriend? Um, we, just over a year. Just over a year. Yeah. Actually, it's almost a year and a month, but yeah, we, it's been great. Kate, shout out to you. Lovely jubbly. Um, but yeah, let me go back to my, my celebrity crush for this episode. And I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea who I'm going to pick. <laughs> Dude, it's so hard to crush over people when I've already talked about a few of them. Um, I wanted to say post Malone at one point, but honestly, I don't like him. I do like him. Uh, but I just don't agree with his lifestyle right now, which I'm like, you know, I don't know. I think, um, my celebrity crush might be, um, Miley Cyrus Miley Cyrus for this one. Okay. Cause I, I like what she went through. Like it's very human or very like, it's something that I could see myself going through. Like the girl got very rich or whatever, or like was in. Um, introduced to the, this life, life of being independent of your family. She went off the fucking rails. She went a little bit crazy. I think everybody remembers that. For, everyone yeah. remembers that for it. I mean, when she was going through crazy, it was like she was probably having like an existential crisis or yeah. something like that. And social media was like blowing up and everything like that. Everyone yeah. saw that. Everyone saw that. Yeah, and it's like people people like judge her. I'm like, yo, if you had that much money, you would be doing the same thing. If you had that much attention, people, you would you would have reacted probably worse, if anything. Um, and then she got back with her, whatever the fuck hubby, mm. they got married and then they got, they got divorced. And then they yeah. And then they got yeah. divorced and she's like, yeah, I don't fucking want to do this anymore. Which I was like, dude, respect that. Like you were able to make that decision. Like, um, and you like, didn't just like, she got out of it. I like when people get out of things when they don't want to be a part of like, like when people say no, I'm very impressed. Like when people are in like a, in a situation and they're able to say no, even though there's a lot of emotional feelings behind exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I understand that. Or even like social um, pressure. You know what I mean? Like if there's people have opinions, people are judging you, and despite all of that, you're able to say no. I don't give a fuck. This is my life. I'm gonna live it the way I want, and I don't want to be up with him anymore. I'm gonna bounce. Um, yeah, it's fucking phenomenal. Okay, so I guess we should move on to our next segment, 
manipulation tactics. Manipulation tactics. All right. So this is where I ask you, or no, you ask me a question of how to manipulate someone in your life. Is there anybody in your life that you want to manipulate right now? Uh, is there anyone I want to manipulate right now in my life? Honestly? Women, your family, your friends, anything. Women. <laughs> <laughs> I see the emphasis on the, on the other gender. Uh, yeah. Woman. Yeah. Um, I see. Not, that I, not really that I can think of anyone that I want to manipulate. Um, maybe I, I want to ma- manipulate some of my friends into playing Mafia more. <laughs> Oh, you want to get people to play mafia? Yeah. Listen, I I think the best way of um getting people to go is do you have like a group chat? I try to make a group chat, but on because like I use Facebook Messenger and I don't friend anybody on Facebook because I don't actually use Facebook. So mm-hmm. when I make Facebook Messenger, I made a chat. Why I do the fact the second you said Facebook Messenger, I was like, I don't even know what he's talking about right now. Yeah, so I made a chat, but like when you're not friends with anybody on Facebook, it just goes into requested and nobody can find that. Like you were added to the chat. You probably have I did, I don't even know. I didn't even know. Yeah. And you probably added a, an account that I don't I have two accounts on Facebook by accident. Yeah. I tried deactivating one of them, but it didn't work out. Um so I tried you, making the chat and then I was like, I was like, you know what? Since I'm not friends with anybody on Facebook, I'm going to delete the chat and have somebody that I know has connections with everybody. And I think we all know who that is. Nicholas. Close. Ion? Close. Arton? Arton. Arton doesn't text anybody. Yeah, but like he, he definitely has everybody added on Facebook and like, you know, all that stuff. So I figured he, he's power hungry. He wants to be the leader of the chat. Make him the leader of the chat. As long as I have a mafia chat, we're good to go. On Facebook? Yeah. Okay. Now, you're doing it wrong. Facebook Messenger is a good app, is it not? It is, but it's it's not because I don't use it, in my uh, opinion. Let's hear your tactics. I say your tactics is there's <laughs> always people who are good at convincing others to come to something, right? Okay. So, for example, I don't know your side of, like, the whatever the fuck, but if you went to, like, Nicholas or Hyon or me and said, hey— get people to come to werewolf i would be able to bring people like i bring sometimes i randomly will bring like my my other friends to these kind of events just because i'm like hey like we need more people yeah have uh, yeah have a little bit of pull you gotta contact the people who are gonna bring more people into it in order to make this event more special and you have to do one-on-ones. That's the only way. Mm-hmm. Group chats, group chats See, that, never what, work. That's, that's the thing is like I, I like that's what I hate because like whenever I try to get like a mafia game session going, like I have to go through multiple apps, texting multiple different people one-on-one. Okay, just stick to your phone. I mean, your phone is the best uh, version of Tritla of communicating. Best platform for communicating. Yeah, I guess you're right. People are less likely to respond in a chat or look at it than if it's a like, one-on-one text or something like that. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, dude, you have to do one-on-ones. That, w- the reason why my, the, the little, the cult thing that we have going on, the reason why our numbers are a little bit low is because I usually do one-on-one chats, but I've just recently, I've been out of like, the, my energy has not been the same for a while, for it's been like a week or two, which I don't like, which we're going to fucking fix that immediately. And um, yeah, so I just need to change that, which we will, which I will. But one-on-one always works because that person, I'm like me, like you holding someone accountable is way more like uh, strong than if there is like a a point in between you and the other person coming. 
Like, let's say you, you're trying to get Mike to come and you go to me and go, hey, can you get Mike to come? And I go, hey, Mike, Omer wants you to come. That's not going to work out. I definitely want Mike to come. Yeah. So you tell, like, telling Mike immediately, by the way, the reason why I'm using Mike as an example is because he's sitting right next to me. Um, Gucci gang. Or even better, what I try to do is have people, give people the responsibility of, hey, they have to come. And it's on you if they don't. That's the thing is like some people I give, the, I put the responsibility on them. And like, since I'm the one behind it, like everyone knows that I'm the one trying to coordinate and get at people. Like when mm -hmm. people flake, I feel like it looks bad upon me. And like, I hate people that flake. Flaking is not acceptable. Stop hey man, flaking. a lot of your close friends are flake masters. Like Especially like, you know, sometimes you hit them up and they're like, yeah, I'm coming. And then never hear from them ever again that night. Or they're like, oh yeah, I'm flaking. I'm like, bruh, like I have all these people here now and you're saying you're going to flake. At least give me a heads up. You're going to flee. Yeah, dude. Some people are time wasters and it's yeah. very disrespectful, but you know, you can't help but be friends at, with at them. them. Who are time wasters? Any, uh, I'm not going to add them because a lot of them are very close to <laughs> <laughs> A lot of them are going to watch this right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's um, fair enough. Dude, I fucking hate it. It's they, they just, it's like, they just say shit. They just say shit. And I'm like, Hey man, don't just say shit. You just be honest. Yeah. You be come, honest. Yeah. And I'll, like, I never, I never, I never take it to heart. I never did take it at heart. I actually, the reason why this podcast is coming out a day late is because the person I originally was um, interviewing for. Don't are, tell me they flake. Yeah, they flake. Dude, oh. not only did they flake. Here, how about this? Um, I call them. I can't even give you the timestamps because I was so angry. Three o'clock ago, I call them. I'm like, hey, what's up? And he goes, what's up? I'm like, hey, do you want to do the podcast? And they're like, yeah, I'm down. After I eat. I was like, oh, okay. Um, he, he said that he got out of work at six and went, went to go eat I, at six. I was just like, Hey, are you eating with your family? Just as a checkup text, no response. I went, yo, yo saying his name. I didn't say yo. I said his name, his name, no response. 837. He texts, sorry. I had no connection at this place that I was eating at. S huge lie. You have, everybody has internet connection everywhere. Unless you're. Eating in a fucking closet. Especially if it's like an individual text. Text don't take that much like... Exactly. Oh. Also, it said delivered, so he's yeah. full of shit. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, 8.37, he sends me that text. I send a text. All right, no worries. Just come through to my house. Guess when I sent that text? One. 8.37. Whew. No response. Uh. Hey, hey. No response. Three in the morning... Some shit with my family went down. Okay. Couldn't come. My text delivered at 8.37. So within, between 8.37 and 3 in the morning, 3.30 in the morning, he was having family problems. Maybe somebody went on a night hike. Yeah, maybe he went on a night hike. And guess what? I know he didn't have these problems because most problems, especially when it comes to family, ends in a few hours. Not that many. But um, I, I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but I'm putting him on blast. Cause fuck that, yeah. fuck flaking. The thing is, like, like at least have the courtesy to like, if you're gonna yeah. flake, respond at a time saying you're not gonna be able to also, do it. Also, if you can't come, let me know. Yeah, you just say don't, like do, quick message. Can't come. Yeah, don't me, don't lead me on until the fucking last. Like where I was just like, my girlfriend called me. She's like, hey, what's going on with your podcast? And I was like, eh, it's not gonna happen. I'm going to have to wait a day. I'm going to have to delay it a day. And she was like, oh, that's unfortunate. You got like some dedicated viewers that want to hear. Actually, I do. I do have well, dedicated one, viewers. One of my friends actually texted me. He said, 
still no lost in translation podcast i'm getting a little nervous now yeah and then i was like i was like i i, I might know why that's not why that's yeah. not happening and then here we are now yeah all right well shout out to everyone you know this is the end of the podcast do you have any shout outs um no 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 no, no shout outs honestly yeah some people do, do not come prepared for the shout outs um yeah shout out to mike he's here he's forcing me to take his girlfriend to the gym and back to his house back to our house fuck you mike don't feel like doing it, but <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. We're all a slave. Um, yeah. Peace out, everyone. Thank you for listening. Sorry about the late post. Uh, well, it won't happen again. I'm going to start having shit on the back, uh, backlogging podcasts. Uh, yeah. Peace out, everyone. I love all of you. Bye-bye.